Today on Stick to Football, we are chilling outside of Stanford Stadium, a beautiful tailgate thanks to the tailgate guys. We have a lot of draft on draft questions. We're going to have actually our college football editor for Bleach Report, Paige Kuhn, is going to hop on with this. It'll be a, a great chat with Paige, who still claiming that she's the Joe Burrow fan club president. So we're going to duke it out today about this. Yeah, she's kind of a big deal with the Bleach Report network, everybody on Twitter. Probably one of the most popular guests we've had on. Listen, it's going to be fun. It's beautiful out here. Definitely the nicest weather we've had on the tailgate tour. After yeah. the 100 degrees in Austin or the freezing in Alabama, I think we're doing pretty well out it, here today. Probably the best time zone we've been in. That's, you wake up here fact. and you watch football. Unbeatable. You don't have to worry about, oh man, I have to stay up late to watch Arizona play. I get to watch them at like 7 so o'clock that. for kickoff. Because I, I watch all the Arizona games. Love them. I, Bear down. I will say, like, we were talking about this this morning as we were looking for allergy medicine because I am struggling this morning. That and other Matt things. Matt has one you eye. I have one eye. He looks horrific. The struggle bus today. I am. Oh, my God. I'm like, I probably look exceptionally hungover, and it's amazing that I'm not. But, like, it's just allergy season. But we were talking about it this morning. I still think the mountain time zone is best, but Pacific time is pretty great. It is. I, but we haven't done mountain time yet. So once we get over there, I think I'll have a more accurate opinion on what they do. But, I mean, I woke up this morning at 7 a.m., Game day was already, like, full effect. I'm taking a shower. can hear it. You roll in here. We start tailgating. And the games kick off at 9. 9 a.m. Nice. It's great. You don't have to wait. Well, let's get in right into football because something big did happen in between now and the Friday show. And that is Grant Calcaterra yeah. retires. And kind of felt like for us this came out of nowhere. He's retiring due to concussions. Um, this is a pretty big deal because this is a player that, if you've been listening to us since the summer, was in our previews yeah. for the draft and has been a really, really good player for Oklahoma. And I think this is a little surprising and, of course, obviously a little disappointing, even though he understandably has to do what's yeah, best for him. I totally understand and, and wish him nothing but the best. He's a dude that we had talked about previously of like he's an undersized tight end. You know, he's like 220 pounds. And you noticed, you know, throughout the year, like, where is he? Like, he's not making plays for Oklahoma. Their offense has really revolved around CeeDee Lamb in the run game. And you you hate to hear that, like, a guy has to retire because of concussions, but good for him to make this decision in college instead Uh of going to the NFL and susceptible yourself to bigger, harder, more hits. So, uh, you know, you wish the dude the best. From a draft perspective, it does suck to lose a valuable slot tight end type player that that I liked a lot headed into this year, but totally understandable. Yeah, I mean, I saw his tweet, and I thought he was announcing that he was coming out in the draft. So pretty shocking to see him retire. But obviously, these guys got to look out for themselves and and do what's best for them. Hopefully, uh, he can find success in another avenue other than football. Yeah, he'll probably be coaching at Oklahoma soon. And I think it adds to this has been kind of a – mysterious tight end class this year if you've been listening to all the shows you know we don't talk about the tight end class a lot we're looking forward to seeing a lot of the guys that are going to be at the senior bowl to kind of distinguish this group i know a lot of people had huge expectations for albert O at missouri Mm -hmm. and i don't think he's lived up to those just yet so right now this tight end class is kind of the mystery group of the draft i think both of you guys have kind of solidified a number one tight end in the class, even though they're different, yeah. correct? Yeah, mine's Bryson Hopkins at Purdue. I really, <clears throat> excuse me, I really like him. I think he brings an all-around game. And none of these guys are TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant. Like, we're not talking about that level of tight end prospect. But good players nonetheless. And I, I think if Hopkins is there, wherever the Patriots pick, probably at 32, then I think he's last a player they have to consider. They should have drafted one last year. They should have listened to us. Um, and Nikhil Harry's been hurt, so that's a big 
part of that. But and then yours is Hunter Bryant, right? Yeah, exactly from Washington, and and you know obviously a little bit of a bias because I got to see him in person this year. Uh, an Evan Ingram type athlete and same body type at the position, so he's not a guy that's going to live in line and be asked to block, even though he can a little bit. He's kind of a mismatch weapon, a move tight end that can live in the slot and really fit into a lot of passing attacks right now. But it, once again, if you're looking for that inline guy, I, I haven't really confirmed who the top one is. But Hunter Bryan can be a, a difference maker. Yeah, and speaking of difference makers, we are at almost halftime of the, or it is halftime now, the Ohio State Penn State game as we're standing here recording today. Chase Young, uh, I think, announced his return to college football in a big way. Two sacks in the first quarter and was just unstoppable to the point that Penn State actually started doubling him. Which or they should have from they the should, I, It's amazing they didn't from the first play. But, yeah, they're legitimately putting a double team on him. Chase Young, and I, I tweeted this. I know you guys agree. I think he's the best player in college football. He's by far the best pl- draft prospect for 2020. I think that he should win the Heisman Trophy. And if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals, and you guys know I love Joe Burrow, if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals, I'm going to draft Chase Young. Ooh, hot take. I, you should. I mean, I, I'm with you. I like Joe Burrow a lot. He's my number two player. Uh-huh. If you're the Bengals, you should draft Chase Young. Because how often do guys like that come around? And no disrespect to Burrow, who's been great. How often do quarterbacks like that come around? Every year. Every year. Every year. He's not. You, Connor has said it. He's good, but he's not special. He's not elite. He's not great. So. I think Chase Young is all those words, special, elite. I know we hate the generational talent phrase, but like that dude's a generational talent. So if you're the Bengals, and they will probably mess this up, Chase Young should be the pick. I think I would still roll with Burrow just because of the importance of quarterback. And I love Chase Young. He's been number one on my board since before Humbleberg. last draft ended. I, I love him. I think he's better than Bosa. But the quarterback position is just so important. And, and for Taylor with the Bengals, I think that he's got to get something in there. Obviously, Andy, Andy Dalton's not coming back. I don't think Ryan Finley's your answer. I don't know if he can afford another year without a good quarterback. You could get Chase Young at one and Jake Fromm at 33 or 34 on the flip. Like, And I know we play this game all the time. Like, that's really risky. And they, But they that's what they do with Andy Dalton. They took him in the second round. Uh, here's the question, though, that they got to be asking themselves, especially Zach Taylor and whoever the hell makes the draft picks over there anymore, right. is how much security do you have left? Because right. if you do take Chase Young, which I would – and you know you're going to lose a lot of games next year because you're starting Ryan Finley, a quarterback or a free agent. Your job isn't secure. That's the issue right. with all if this. You, yeah, say they go defeated this year, 0-16. It's a very good possibility. And then they go 3-13 and next year. Like He could be out the door. But I think if you go 3-13 and and you have a good young rookie quarterback, yeah. then you have a little bit more of a leash. Yeah, man, it is. It's it's wild to look at that the the environment in Cincinnati. Like, okay, what do we try to do here? Um, one last note before we take a break and get our girl Paige on here to talk college football. Uh, the NFL's top running backs list came out, and uh, Ladanian Tomlinson didn't make the finalist. Like, not only did make the team, he wasn't a finalist. How does this happen? There are a lot of guys on this. I don't know what you call it, this list. I don't know. I've been watching football for 32 years now. I, I understand that you probably want to represent every generation. The people that are watching some of these running back plays, they're dead. Okay, We don't have to entertain them anymore with putting people from their generation on. Like The fact that LT is not on this list is absolutely terrible. I mean, what, there are like 10 of them. And yeah. you don't mention LaDainian Tomlinson? I think he revolutionized the position, or at least kept it going. He's probably the last feature back that we've really seen. Adrian Peterson, maybe another one that should be on there. And neither one of them get mentioned. 
It seems insane to me that you can go through 12 running backs and not name LT. I mean, I did a little math last night. His first eight seasons, he averaged almost 2,000 combined rushing and receiving yards per year for eight straight seasons. It's unheard of. And 18 and a half total touchdowns per year. So you're dancing around the 2,020 touchdown mark for eight straight seasons, and you're not one of the top 12, not greatest, top 12. Right. Like I said this morning, I think he could be a top five all-time back. Easily. If you're being honest about what he meant to the game, his production, you know what? He never won a Super Bowl, and I think that's a big part of it. At the running back, Barry Sanders is, is on there, which obviously he should be, but he never won a Super Bowl. I don't know what the hell Jim Brown did because I was not even thought of yeah. when he was playing. Yeah. But I don't think that's important to the position. I think, I mean, he's had one of the best fantasy seasons we've ever seen. His yep. ability to catch the ball and be the best runner in the league – not many guys have been able to do that. Maybe actually, Marshall Falk. I was going to say, this might be bad podcasting that I, I don't know the answer to this. Did Marshall Falk make the list? No. Okay, yeah, they're dumb. Right? They're just dumb. It's almost like if you were one of the game-changing... I, I consider LT and Marshall Falk game-changing because of their ability as pass catchers. Yes. And they weren't even they on... They changed the, the game. Okay. So did they just look at pure rushing even if you do that you still can't make the right, right. argument so i don't LT know should be in there i don't, I don't know, know. It, it's very tricky too cute with these things I, i'll have a little fun with this one if you guys had to take one running back in the nfl right now that will be on this list one day who would you go with it's hard to not go with christian mccaffrey i agree sitting here in a stanford I was area gonna go saquon okay but he's been so beat up i wouldn't he say that he's been disappointing so far but it's hard to put him with Guys like Christian McCaffrey and even Alvin Kamara's had a little bit of a down year. So I'm going with McCaffrey. What he's doing Playing for the home crowd. team. But no, I'm you're not right. like, even the madness come out and said, you know what, this guy's a 99 rating. He's able to catch the ball. He's running with power. I didn't yep. think he was going to be this good in the NFL, and he is. Yeah, no, he's been amazing. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we've got some Cal staffers standing here staring at us. We're going to say hi to the Cal Bears staff and then uh, bring our girl Paige Kuhn on. Welcome to the podcast. One of our, we haven't had very many female guests on. We got to change that up. But uh, I think technically our boss in some ways, definitely my boss, Paige, the amazing at, what is your at? At that sports page. You got to change that. No, I don't. I like it. (laughs) That sports page. I get lots of compliments on how creative that is. You know, like the sports page. Those don't work. It's time to rebrand, Paige. No, it's not. It's time to rebrand. No, I've had it since I was in college. I'm going to stick to it. It's time to rebrand. (laughs) <laughs> well, Ouch. everyone go follow. I'm just kidding. Ouch, that, man, this is a tough entrance. That oh, right. page, she walked right? into a bus yeah, stop. Wow. Welcome to Stick to Football. Fuck you. Change your Twitter app. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're very welcoming. Oh, no, we were just talking with you before uh, I pushed record. And it was like, wait, well, let's just push record and have this conversation. <laughs> um, you are the person responsible for my rant about the Heisman Trophy on the Friday show, um, which thank you to everyone who liked that rant. But uh, because the whole thing about like, Christian McCaffrey, the guy saying he didn't even watch McCaffrey play when he didn't vote for him. And we were talking about kind of the hypocrisy of that. But also, you were talking about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry won that year instead of McCaffrey. And Alabama fans, for me, they cling to... And Derrick Henry has had some good games in the NFL, especially Chiefs fans know he's had two of them against them. But Alabama fans cling to this like, no, Derrick Henry's actually good. And it drives me insane. But I know you get it on the college side, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not that he's not good. That's fine. But Christian McCaffrey broke a record that stood for 27 years in college football. And the problem is, is people saw stats and were like, oh, that's cool. They think it's great. But uh, didn't stay up to watch his games. And like an article came out this week saying, 
you know, someone told him to his face, hey, I didn't stay up to watch your games, which is a, a much larger issue for the Pac-12 as opposed to just a Christian McCaffrey issue. But essentially that did cost him that because guys weren't staying up to watch. And uh, it was interesting to hear, like, his, his teammates now kind of talk about, you know, the the myth of, of Christian McCaffrey and the legend of Christian McCaffrey because they also didn't stay up. They had jobs. They needed to be ready to go on Sunday, so they weren't staying up to watch him play. But they saw the stats and they saw highlights. But um, now that they're seeing it in the NFL and we're seeing what he was doing at Stanford, um, and it was fantastic. I mean, it was fun to watch as a Pac-12 fan. And he should have been like the ideal Heisman candidate with his father playing in the NFL for so long, being a good, recognizable face at Stanford, and then having voters come out and just say, like, yep, I didn't watch you play. I mean, it's total bullshit. Matt, I don't know if you want to do your rant again, but yeah. something if the allergy medicine kicks in and I get some energy, then yes. Do you have a Heisman vote page? No. I Me wish. Either. I wish. Yeah, you would think, right? At least one of the four people standing at this should. table. Maybe we just do I, stay up, wait, I actually one. stay up for Pac-12 <laughs> games, so I think I should get it because uh, I'm awake for those games I mean, every I can't week. stay up. It's too late. Every I don't week. watch those guys. I'm on the, you said Pacific Coast time is the best it is um, for the most part, but it is frustrating when you're watching games at 11 p.m. here and no one else is watching and you're excited about what's happening and no one else is excited. It's like when we were in were London just... and I would be like wanting to tweet. Like, and no one's there. are online right now. And they're all going to be at the tailgate because they're from London. I have these great takes, and I want to tweet them, but no one will read them because everyone's asleep. Uh-huh. Well, Paige, a lot of our listeners always ask us, you know, like, a lot of them are in college, some in high school, trying to intern somewhere. They want to work in football, whether it's media, scouting, and obviously you do work in football, specifically in media. Just walk us through, like, what is your college football Saturday like? Because I think a lot of people, they do want to work in media and sports, but they don't know exactly what it's like and I think you have a very unique job yeah um, my job is a lot of preparation a lot of like doing stuff ahead of time coming up with topics uh, making sure so I my job essentially is to manage writers that's the biggest part of my my role at Bleacher Report um, I have about seven that I, I work with um, two of them obviously one of them Adam Kramer and Matt Hayes who have both been on this podcast um, do our heavy feature writing and that stuff is takes months in advance to kind of get out and report out but our our weekly stuff um it's essentially coming up with the biggest topics that we think will happen on saturdays um and kind of being ahead of it and then just sitting and watching and kind of watch it develop and and react in real time um sounds miserable (laughs) yeah getting paid to watch every single football game on saturday is just awful you guys i can't believe i ended up in this spot but um i got really lucky in terms of how i ended up here. I mean, I grew up in California, and, and, and college football is not the biggest sport here. Um, but working at Bleacher Report, I kind of fell in love with it. And if you can work at something and fall in love with it at the same time, that's a huge deal because sometimes working in sports can kind of be difficult. Um, but I've found that it's it's been super rewarding, and I'm, I'm glad that I fell in love with this crazy, stupid sport that we all obsess over. Well, as an Arizona State grad, I know uh, that... That's so horrible. I hate you so much for saying that. <laughs> I honestly thought you just messed up, but no. Yeah, you I, just, I was like, this is not going to end well for him. As an Arizona grad, like, mm-hmm. did you did going off to college make you... No disrespect, you guys are a basketball school. Yes. So did you like did you fall in love with college football while you were there? Yeah, I fell in love with just college sports when I was there. I one of the biggest things when I went into school, I studied journalism and I went in and they were like, You need to intern, you need to intern, you need to intern and um when I was in school our basketball team was ranked number one in the country for multiple weeks during multiple years. Um so I worked a lot of basketball. I worked every single football game when I was there. Um and you just learn like both sides of media. I did um, a pregame show when I was there, but also worked in the sports information office um, to kind of see the other side of that that stuff. Um, 
and took every opportunity I possibly could. I was so I I was just so excited to be there that like I was like, all right, yes, I'll do whatever. Um, and that was kind of how I just gained lots of experience and kind of fell in love with college sports. And where did you get your start at Bleacher Report? What was your first gig? My first gig was doing um, newsletters, which I think we only have one wow. now. But before we had like newsletters That's for like individual now. teams. Um, so I did a, a little bit of NBA, a little bit of MLB, some hockey. Um, Everything in between you could possibly imagine. Um, and then I ended up on the alerts team, which if you don't have the Bleacher Report app, please download it. It is literally the best <laughs> app. And the people who work on that app work so hard to make it absolutely amazing and better than anything else. Um, but, yeah, and that's kind of where I ended up in, in college sports. I started doing, like, MMA stuff and things like that in NASCAR and uh, then gradually made my way to college sports, which is a, a – very happy spot that I'm in. That's a much better landing it spot. Is, it no is. No offense to our NASCAR fans, but a little bit better I than watching like people drive tailgate circles. towards a NASCAR race, though. For a tailgate, though, yeah. not to watch the race cars drive no. in circles. No, probably not going to make Unless it. Unless we get a controversial take. I'll do anything for money. I'll drive the car if you want me <laughs> right. to. Right. When did you start at BR, though? Um, I started in January of 2015. Wow. So it'll be five years in January that I've been at Blake Report, and I've done. This is my third job at Bleacher Report, so three different types of jobs. Um, and, yeah, I, I applied. I saw a, a listing on uh, Twitter and was like, I don't know if I'm qualified, but we're going to try. And it was in San Francisco and just luck of the draw. Got it. So do you like being in the San Francisco area? I grew up in the Bay Area, so I do like being around here. I also like the Pacific Coast hours when you're working in sports. It's a lot nicer. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, I went to SEC Media Days for the first time this year, and I can tell you those people love football as much as I love football. So uh, it's nice to be around people that actually like care about it, not saying that Pac-12 people don't care about it. They do, kind of, not really. It's a different um, energy. Yeah, it is. It's totally different how they, they look at it. Um you know, I think it's like a fun thing. It's and like a hobby, and in the yeah, South, it's a religion. It's like, yeah, exactly. That's a great way of putting yeah. it. It really is a religion, and that's kind of like how I view it now. Because like every Saturday, I spend just watching every game there is. So, who is, are do you consider yourself? Obviously, you went to Arizona. You're a Wildcats fan, but do you have a team that's good at football that you root for? <laughs> Ouch! Do you just like you roll with Kevin Sumlin? Hoping well, this thing well, I believe around. in Kevin Sumlin, and if our <laughs> if anyone is listening from Arizona, please keep Kevin Sumlin around. I'm a I Texas fan, so you can talk as much shit as yeah, you want about being bad at college football. Yeah, <laughs> um, I well, obviously this year I left it up to the Texas LSU game to decide my fandom for the year, and LSU obviously won out on that. So I I do root for LSU now. I do love some guys. That, there's a Bay Area guy at uh, Alabama, obviously, Najee Harris, and I'm a big fan of his. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely pull for, for Coach O and LSU. Can I just – I'm sorry. I'm asking a lot of questions in a row. We need to, like, arm wrestle or something, or we need to be, like, co-presidents of the Joe Burrow fan club. I don't want you to whip my ass at arm wrestling, so let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, was going like, to suggest to not do that. Good height table. Um, you've spent time with Joe Burrow, though, and I know you were telling me earlier, just watching him conduct himself, it's kind of why you fell in love with him as a player, maybe as a person as well. Um, <laughs> you obviously are not an NFL GM, but can you, like, your experience with him, what is that like where if you are a GM or when we sit down to interview him as a prospect, how is he going to win people over? You're going to get a guy that buys into whatever you're selling. That's the biggest thing is, like, you need somebody who's going to buy in and be there for the team. Like, there are a lot of guys, like, I love, don't get me wrong, I do love Baker Mayfield, but, like, that guy's about Baker. You know, there are guys that you're going to get that, and Kyler, Kyler's about Kyler. Like, they're great teammates, I'm sure, but, like, Joe Burrow is going to be the best teammate that you can get in there, and you need that at quarterback. Like, you really do, wherever. Um, especially in the NFL, because they're being paid to play. They're not being 
it's not like in college football where like oh you guys that's all you're doing is winning you're not being paid even though you should be paid but it's it's one of those things where like you get a guy who's articulate I mean he's incredibly intelligent he pays attention to the things that are going on around him not just in football um you know he's an incredible learner I mean they implemented a new offense and he was like gung-ho and it fit perfect for him and it's great for his draft stock that's for sure um but he's a guy that you're gonna get that's gonna honestly like be able to lead a locker room and I feel like the NFL it's so much different like you get guys that are like great they think they're great leaders and they're but they're more great talkers as opposed to being like somebody who can rally guys a bunch of guys who are making millions of dollars to be there so they don't really need your help uh, but he's somebody that I think people will buy into as well I think I'll, so too I'll, I'll put you on the spot here oh, predict God. the four teams in the playoff and the champion oh boy that is tough so Clemson's gonna get in of because course. they're not gonna lose to anybody um and also, I really made Clemson fans mad this week because I was like, oh, Clemson's the like kid in the, the group project that doesn't do anything but gets the A. Because no one, because no one's talking about how their schedule sucks, but everyone's so worried about how Bama didn't play anybody. And it's like, okay, well, neither is Clemson. Um, how many ranked teams do they have in the ACC? Cool. Um, same with the Big 12. I feel bad for the Big 12 about that. But anyway, um, so I'm going to go Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and then, oh, boy. That's where it gets tough. I think it's going to be Georgia. I see. Okay, but Georgia's going to lose. They'll have two losses. In, yeah. I don't think so. That's you, why. You think that Georgia's going to upset LSU? Yeah, I do. And I think it makes it so easy. <laughs> I wish I they could lost. see Patriots' face right now. <laughs> you really believe this? Yes. Okay, but let me just say to you, did you watch when they played South Carolina? Yes. It was the flukiest game of the year. They also got bailed out twice for it to be even tied. So that sure, but that Auburn team they just beat is really, really good. On really defense? Good. Yes. I think... <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Georgia's playing the best football in the country the last month. I think so. They have the best yes. defense in the country, and they can run the ball. And their quarterback doesn't throw interceptions. Uh, Melo and I are just standing back. Sure. Away from the table. Like. Sure. Wait, so who's the fourth team, though? Hmm. See, this is where it gets really hard. If it's not Georgia, then you have like Oregon, Utah. Oklahoma, here's the thing. Here's Oklahoma, here's Alabama. what I think is going to happen. The yeah. Pac-12. I think that Utah is going to beat Oregon, and Oregon's going to have two losses, and that's. And I don't think that Utah is going to get the respect they. I agree with that. that I think they should. Which sucks. No, I absolutely think that they should be a playoff team over Oregon. Absolutely. Um, I would. Yeah, I mean, and then we go into like eye test stuff. I I would take a, a one loss Oklahoma Same. over over any Pac twelve team, unfortunately. And also I would take them over a two loss Georgia. I would take them over Alabama. Well, I, I would mean, take them over a Matt Jones led Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um if two was in the picture, totally Alabama yeah, would have sure. been fine. They're gonna they can lose as many games as they want. They're Alabama, they're gonna get the eye test. Um but I do think that like eye test wise, like Oklahoma is the team that I would I would put in. Um, do I think that the committee respects the Big 12? No. They essentially like helped the Pac-12 out this week by ranking USC, who Utah lost to. So they're Miserably. That's, that's going to be their yeah. quality loss, their good loss or yeah, whatever. And if they beat, or yeah. So it'll be, it's one of those things where I was shocked because the Pac-12 doesn't get that help ever. So, um, but it was actually really weird to see the fact that the committee, even with like undefeated Big 12 teams, like the fact that they did even Minnesota Baylor. too, yeah, Baylor, Baylor and Minnesota no when they were undefeated. Like, yeah, I feel like they were never even like in a, given consideration. No. I know they had to beat Oklahoma, but I still Which, wonder how high they would have been even after that. Well, it's so crazy to think that like they probably play more ranked teams than than Clemson does, and yeah. they, and Clemson just getting in because they're they're defending their title, which that's makes the, sense. That's but, the thing. But the committee is supposed to only look at this year's work, really. Right. They're not supposed to look at the team. Yeah, but we look, know they don't exactly, that's and the that's thing. why, and that's why it's so it's so difficult. And honestly, like. I'm going to say, like, I would love to see, like, 
two Big Ten teams in. I over over two SEC teams and a Pac-12 team. Or I agree. Big this is why I want Georgia to win, though, because it makes it so easy. Yeah. It's like, to me, those are the four teams that deserve to be in if Georgia wins. Now, of yeah. course, they could lose, and it turns into a shit show, and a lot of people are going to be unhappy. Well, this is why the playoff needs to be eight teams. It'll give us something it to does. talk about. That's the good news. Or yeah. six but, teams. But to be fair, I really just don't think that Georgia should be in you the playoffs. You also need so, a winner, but, though. Who's going to win the national championship? I, I mean, I'm so biased. Like, you guys, I can't even help <laughs> it. I think LSU is going to win. Um, gonna win. I hope we see um, LSU-Ohio State because I think that would just be, be amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. That would just be such a good game on both sides of the ball. And that, Burrow against this whole team. Yeah. Oh, you fantastic. So Especially because we're not going to get Jalen into us. So, like, right. yeah. we might as well buy into that narrative. So what about a Heisman vote? You can't vote for Joe Burrow if you had to vote for somebody oh, Chase else. Young, obviously, Thank I mean, you. there's no doubt in my mind. I, I honestly, he like you said, I think I do think he is the best player in the country, but I do think the Heisman's like a quarterback award. I mean, there's other guys like Hubbard at, at Oklahoma State who's yeah. having a massive year that should be considered. There are plenty of guys that are playing great football that are not on the best teams in the country, and I think that also plays into it. I think that's partially why like Christian McCaffrey ended up not winning is because Stanford wasn't the best team in the country and. You can't argue that like a guy that guy makes that team the best team in the country. So you need your own college football podcast. Thank you. <laughs> like not <laughs> if to, you're listening, not to steal from us, but you can just talk about this stuff all day. I can. I love it. It's so. I mean, it's it's a little weird sometimes because I just like a, I like a dream about it. I obsess about it, and like some people say that, but like it really is my life, and I do love it. Um, it can get. A, don't get me wrong. It's still a job, and it, it can't be obnoxious at times, but. Um, it's such a fun like I, I love I like watching the NFL kind of um, but and only because of like players that I've like watched and covered since they were the recruits. Same way. I love watching guys that like we've seen go through the whole system. Um, but college, there's nothing like college game day. The pageantry of it and everything like that. It's it's amazing. All right, Paige, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, it was awesome. And Paige. Uh, representing Bleacher Report here, but also like college football. My God, she, you know the sport better than we do. So <laughs> thanks for coming by, guys. We'll take a break. We come back. We have some draft on draft questions live from our tailgate here at Stanford. All right, we are ending the show like we always do on the tailgate tour. It's draft on draft time, and our guy rocking a custom Paul Sinodibo jersey. I have a, a second time on the show. Oh, that's right. That put because... some respect on my man's name. This is our... Stick to football listener of the year, Antha Oreo. Welcome back, sir. Wait, I want to ask you a question. Is that <laughs> on your Twitter bio? It is not. Is it's it on your LinkedIn. CCS scouting I will bullshit. add it to my LinkedIn right after okay, this. Yeah, <laughs> update that resume, bro. Yeah, but make sure you put 2018. Because <laughs> right. this, just a reminder for everyone, the stickies are coming up They soon, are rapidly right? fast. Yeah. Yeah. We should probably let Ant have like a this say. This is like the Heisman. You get, you you get, get a vote. vote. You get a for vote. sure. You're in, you're in the listener house. <laughs> who would you vote for? Like right now. Like this is on the You recommended somebody last year when we interviewed him, but you've had a kind of a year to think about it. No pressure. This isn't a personal vote. Who do you think deserves it? Who's in the running right now? I mean, I feel like it's kind of hard to pick somebody over Pat Chamberlain. He is the man. He is yeah. nonstop with the questions. Um, he went to Madison. He did he go did to Madison. New York. Right. Pat's a good and one. And he's, he's our lawyer. Yeah. I think <laughs> so, that's actually who you said last time we talked to you. Yeah, that's who yeah, I said so was my favorite listener. Okay, yeah, yeah. You can ask us a question now. Sorry. Okay. So, of course, I've been on the Paulson Adebo train for a couple years now. Uh, <laughs> I would like to know if you have a player comp for him and your favorite fit. Not necessarily where he's going to go, but your favorite fit. My favorite fit for him is Philly. I think he would be great in Jim Schwartz's defense because of his size, what he's able to do at the line of scrimmage. Um, and then also, like, they love aggressive DBs and what he does. I mean, last year, he led college football and passes defense. Like, his ability to attack 
the ball, I think would fit so well there. And I do think, like, when we talk about mock drafts, they need to maybe uh, win a couple games, you know, to be where he he would be in range. But right. I, I think that, that fit makes a lot of sense. I don't know if I have a comp. Let me look while these guys answer. I, I don't have a comp for him. I want to see how big he actually is. I, I think he's 6'1", 190 is what they have him listed yeah, at. His arms look He doesn't look, long. look that big to me, though. He, he looks... Six foot one eighty, which is still a good size corner for fit. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, any great <laughs> defensive player that we can get our hands on, like let's make it happen. Shit, I mean, keep him on the West Coast in Seattle. The Cowboys are going to be an interesting team this year because yeah. they're going to need a corner after Byron Jones leaves. After you guys sign Byron Jones, future Colt, future Colt. <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone, you don't want him. It does. It's yeah. funny how that works. We sign twenty-eight-year-old corners every year, and right? it never works. Morris it Claiborne. never works. Tremaine Johnson. I actually like this. Just came to me. I had a dream about Paulson Adebo this week. It's probably because of you. Like I don't know what happened. I but appreciate that. You definitely put. He had like three interceptions today. It's like a Lance Harbor yeah situation here. I had a dream last night that this happened. So he's probably going to go off today. Everybody's listening to it on Monday. Ant made it happen. Matt, where are you projecting him right now? I have him in the, the round twenty, like. Not round twenty, around twentieth overall. So yeah, yeah. he could go anywhere fifteen to twenty. I think you know, he's in play for that number two corner spot in this class in behind Jeff class. Okuda. Uh, I like C.J. Henderson. Yep. I think Adebo is similar in a lot of ways. I like Christian Fulton. I mean, I think we've seen him play banged up this year. He's been trying to play through an injury, and it's affected his you know product on the field a little bit. But I, I think Adebo, you know, we're going to see most years. You know, there's going to be four or five corners going the first round. I know last year was a weird I enigma. This, as yeah, far this as that is going to be a big. I year think this for will it. be a correct year for corners so yeah well glad we got to ask you some questions yeah thanks for coming <laughs> thanks on for hanging out with of us. course listener of the year all right who is up next the lovely molly oh that's me oh. Yeah. hi so my question is as a michigan fan wah, wah, um why are we playing shea patterson as hard as we are like right no or one knows that's no. a great uh, question <laughs> I, I think that there was honestly probably some kind of promise to shea patterson you transfer here you're going to be the quarterback for two years and then we'll have McCaffrey come in. Uh, a lot of coaches do that via recruiting, and I think maybe Harbaugh is just keeping his word and saying, we told you you could come here and you would start. Now we're going to let you. So I, I don't know. Other than that, I, he hasn't played well enough to keep some of these other guys on the bench, but for some reason... He keeps playing. How do we, everywhere we go, the marching band comes through? <laughs> Every fucking tailgate. The they were in band the Madison us. video, like in the show. I don't Are, understand. Is this oh, even the real Stanford band they have? They're like dressed up. There's a lot going on here. Well, we're just preparing everyone because they're about right. to be very it's about close. To be loud. I don't really understand it either. I really don't. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's kind of been their Achilles heel for two yeah. years now, oh, yeah. Yeah. which is very frustrating. I'm curious to see where this team goes at the position next year, and I'm also curious to see how this team handles the position if they are not a Jim Harbaugh-led team in the future. That's my question. I think he gets at least another year. Uh, If he does, he's not going to beat Ohio State. he doesn't leave himself. Yeah. Uh, They have some good quarterbacks waiting. I actually think they'll be in a better situation next year. Uh, If it's not McCaffrey, they have another young quarterback. I can't think of his name right now, but he's going to be really good too. He's even got some snaps already. Uh, I think it'll be an addition by subtraction when Shea Patterson, I guess he's probably not going to get drafted, but he's when not, he graduates or yeah, leaves. I, don't think I, he, I know there are people who will argue otherwise. I don't think he gets drafted. Right. I don't know. XFL, Shea Patterson. There we go. Right? <laughs> yeah. You never know. You know, we talk about punchable faces, and maybe I should say it's about a college kid. <laughs> Him and Mason man, Rudolph, the faces of the XFL. Also Steelers fans, so we're touching oh real punch Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. You, 
We also That's hate not your fair. High one year, I've been through some bad quarterback Jets teams, right? but yeah. a year where you have Shea and Mason I know, as your like, quarterback. As a Chiefs a fan, I've had a tough three. Yeah, that's true. Two Matt years Moore. of Pat the Matt Moore two weeks was brutal. <laughs> yeah. So there's free beer in the cooler. Great, uh, help I'll drink yourself it up. because I'll drink if up. anyone up. needs it today, it's it is me. you. It's me for sure. No, thank you for your question. Thank you. I'm going to hold the mic far away so he doesn't yell into it. Sorry. No, that's you. Go for it. Do it. Do it. Oh, there we go. What an entrance. And the chug. I'm going to narrate Hi. this entire thing. You can hold it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I thought you were going to hold it. I was kidding. Well, what introduce yourself. Um, well, according to Twitter, my name is uh, Wilhelm Von Stupid, So, but you guys can call me Mr. Von Stupid. <laughs> I like that. Um, so I have a couple questions. Can I only ask one? I don't know. Let's see. Let's make see it a two-parter. Yeah, make so it. So my, my first question is, like, I'm a former offensive line coach, so I'm interested always in, like, offensive line play. And uh, who... Who's this year's most technically proficient in this year's upcoming draft offensive lineman? And then who's this year's Colt Miller? So, like, who's the guy that's the most athletically gifted? Sometimes one turns out to be the best. Yeah. Sometimes the other one turns out to be the best. I think athletically, especially if you want to go with a Colt Miller comp, I think Austin Jackson at USC is going to be that dude. Because, you know, Andrew Thomas isn't a great athlete. I don't think Tristan Wirfs is a great athlete, but I, I think Jackson just moves so well. And he's a little strength deficient, yeah. but he makes up for it with that quickness and agility. Now, as far as technique, I think it's probably Wirfs. Just because, yeah, I mean, he's I just, he's, his hand placement is so precise okay. and he's so consistent. And it is tough because he plays right tackle at Iowa. So we don't see, you know, we're, we don't see him against Chase Young and, and Gross Mato, and Gross Matos. We just don't see that, those matchups. But I, I feel huge. like he can play left tackle. And I, I've talked to people at Iowa. They say the only reason he plays right tackle is because Alec Jackson uh, can't play right tackle. So it's like, oh, Werfs can do either, so we're going to let him do that. But I think his technique's just really, really good. I've honestly been very impressed with Trey Adams. Coming back from multiple surgeries, that he's going to get docked for medicals. It just happens when you've, had, when you've had that. Yeah, he's, he's gigantic. He can run block. He can really blow you off the ball. But when I went to see Washington USC, I was like, oh, in pass protection, he's very clean. Very clean player. Plays with an edge. So... I think with Adams, he'd be in the conversation as the best tackle in this class without the injuries, but you just have to have those as part of the evaluation. Yeah. And I would say Tyler Bayadesh in yeah. Wisconsin. I mean, that guy's oh, yes. very technically sound. Not a, He's a center, not a tackle, but you said offensive lineman, so I'll go with him. I, I think that they just do a great job at Wisconsin of coaching those guys up and being so technically sound that you're not going to start for a couple years at Wisconsin without having that. One thing I always found fascinating is when you have these really large tackles, everyone always assumes that they'll only be good at pass blocking, and you have guys like Orlando Brown and Trent Brown that are actually pretty solid run blockers as yeah. well. So yeah. the, the other question I had was just like, as a UNR alumnus, big big Nevada fan, go Pack, who are the best like Mountain West prospects this year besides obviously Jordan Love? Curtis Weaver. Yeah, that Curtis Weaver is a huge one. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people like him. We've heard yeah. buzz about him since the summer. Yeah, yeah, other than that, I mean, I'd have to really dig into my list, my big board of who's out there. The Utah State linebacker is going to be another one. I I think he might even be a junior, though, so he might not come out. But those are kind of the two guys that out of the Mountain West that people know and that people are going to talk about. Like you said, once you take Jordan Love out of that equation, it changes things a little bit. Uh, But I think Weaver has a chance to be a second-round pick. If Woodward comes out, I I don't know. I mean, he would probably be a a late guy. Yeah, I mean, the guy here at Cal is very similar, and he's been more productive. Yeah. So I think they're going to kind of be going against each other, and one of them is going to be in the Senior Bowl. Uh, Other than that, I I think we see Jordan Love probably do the grad transfer. With the year that he's having – uh, I just don't know if he can come out. I mean, he might get some first-round love. And I think he, he's a mid-first-round pick. If, if he does, then obviously he's he's got to come out. But he's thrown so many interceptions. 
And with the success that he had with his former coach, you have to wonder, was a lot of it system or was it this talent that he has? I think he's like a – I think he's like Josh Allen. I think he's like Josh Allen yeah. spread offense. A lot of traits. Think. A lot of I think traits, because yeah. of the size, speed, arm, I think he might I – mean, that's obviously my opinion. Um, my last question is like – uh, a lot of you guys, I'm a big Niner fan. You guys, uh, earlier in the year, were excited low in the Niners. Miller, huge Niner fan. How how low, how do you guys feel about your Niner picks earlier in the year? And then also... Oh, terrible. We feel terrible yeah, about them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't give a shit. I made my prediction. That's what I thought well, no, was going to happen. Like, yeah, we were wrong. Yeah, Even I, was, like I have a crystal ball. I don't know. I, was, I think I had him at 8-8. Eight and eight, You know, like, yeah, just did. couldn't have predicted that that the offense would take the step that it has and with like McGlinchey and Joe being hurt and they're still producing running backs hurt still producing I'll say this as a Niners fan they haven't played anyone and I think we're going to see the well, second half the Rams. And I, think the Rams I don't think the Rams, Rams are anyone Bears I think the Rams are really really Cowboys. bad so I, think, I don't think so I think they're well, the same as the Cowboys Man, you have a lot of uh, discerning or dissenting takes. I like it. Um, no, I, no, I think the Rams fucking suck this year. So, I, and, no, I mean they can't run the ball. They can't pass protect. Jared Goff looks like he's throwing left handed instead of right handed. Like I, I think the Rams are dog shit. And like the Niners, like can the Niners beat the Ravens? Can they beat the Packers? Like we'll find out. So I think the Niners, like you got to be Cowboys. a little bit careful right now. Like they're a little cocky, and the, this is like like Pedro saying with Bama. Like all right, like who the who the fuck have you played? Like I get it. Like it's awesome that we're good again because it's been a long time, but. I can tell you as a Texas fan, it's like as soon as you get cocky, Lamar Jackson runs for 300 yards on your ass. Or you start struggling against Kyler Murray and there's If Cardinals. what Kyler did um, scales to what Lamar Jackson does, the Niners are going to lose by 20 points. But if you look at what they did to Russell Wilson, they completely c- controlled the Russ game. doesn't run like that, though. Like, Lamar Jackson's running a 4-2. Russ is like, I mean, he's not a designed runner. You know, I mean, he, he moves in the pocket some. but That's true. All right, let's take a break. we got a long line forming. Take a break, come back, and we'll finish draft on draft. All right, we are back. Our last segment here at Stanford before we hop into the game to watch the Cal Bears and the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, another question, another Niners fan. Yes, yes. We'll see if this one's realistic or not. Um, well, with the four touchdowns last week coming from undrafted free agents, it might be too early for this, but what's an undrafted free agent that you could see fitting Cal Shanahan's scheme? Yeah, it is, it's tough right now to say, like, okay, this guy will fall in the draft. I think one thing that we see with Kyle's scheme is, like, he loves speed. You know, whether it's Marquise Goodwin or, you know, what we've seen with the running back, Matt Breida. You know, Matt Breida is one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. So I think you can look at guys like Tavian Feaster, who's one of the fastest running backs in college football. Uh, not that the need is huge at running back for the right, Niners, but, right. like, when I watch him play, like, that's one of the dudes I'm like, oh, okay, well, he, he could fit in this scheme really well as a return man, you know, as a, a third down back a little bit. So I, I think that's one of the keys for the Niners is we're seeing we've seen how Kyle has turned over the skill positions. And like even like Tevin Coleman, you know, had a great week uh, last week. You know, he's he's fast when healthy. So I think speed is super important. All right. <laughs> the other two, like, they're not Niner got, fans. They're like, all right, nine. nailed it. So this dude not only has a mustache, he has a Charles Woodson <laughs> Michigan jersey, which you, I love. You say mustache, but I don't think that does no, it this justice. Is like Tom does justice this is the at all. best mustache I've ever seen. If it's any consolation, I trimmed up a little bit before we oh, came okay. by. So. <laughs> Classy wow. for the Super Bowl Manscaped. West Coast tailgate. <laughs> right. So um, big time Raider Harry, fans here. Harry's. Um, my question for you guys is, what do you think the ideal linebacker-wide receiver combo oh, for the Raiders first two draft first two first round draft yeah. picks are. I think about this shit all the time and I don't know why but I like lay in bed thinking about because we do it every Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean realistically here like so like you're not getting Jerry Judy and Isaiah Simmons I'm sorry but I feel like 
Henry Ruggs and that offense would be so much fun. And then mm-hmm. Kenneth Murray. Like Kenneth Murray has yep. been amazing for Oklahoma this year. Now, I do think C.D. Lamb would fit you guys really, really well. But if we're being realistic, I think there's a good chance he's off the board already. Yeah. So I look at it as like, okay, if you can get Ruggs and Murray, like what is it, 12 and 14 right now? That's right 14, where you 14 and 19 is where we're sitting currently, okay, well, you, I believe. You might be you looking might at Joe Moses at 19. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Awesome. But, I mean, no, I look at Devonta Smith, too. Stick with Alabama. Yeah. He's going to go 4-3-9, 4-3-8. He has the speed, and I think he does a little more underneath where I'd really like to see him in Oakland. Linebacker's weird because this class yeah. right now, it's not loaded with first-round talent. Yeah, a lot right. of if you can't get be, Isaiah Smith early, then, like, where are right, you at? Yeah, on the, yeah on the exactly. Back. Right. But, I mean, we've put Simmons to them over and over again because he can cover in the slot. He can play linebacker. He can rush the passer. He really does that Derwin James, Jamal Adams were only yeah. at 230 pounds. But, yeah, insane. he's just going to go so early. Yeah, so, I, I don't think he'll be there at 12. I, well, I really we're think gonna he's going to cross our fingers that the Bears lose out then. Right, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you guys are playing really well right now. Yeah. So that's the other side of it, you know. And I, I think, you know, like they've drafted really well. Mike's done a good job. And we're not even seeing Jonathan Abram yet, exactly. you know. It's so like what yeah. you guys got in that 2019 draft class. I mean, it's it has a chance to be historic. Getting, yeah. I mean, every player drafted is contributing. You know, it's, it's one been player's not on the roster anymore, but yeah, other than uh, the, Quentin the Bell, safety they Quentin took in the Bell, seventh round. Yeah, yeah, they did. Quentin Bell out of Prairie State or right. whatever. Right. And uh, when Mayock uh, stumped the what, what do they call it? He stumped the draft. Uh, right. The, the he probably thing. was just doing that to be an asshole yeah, too. Was, like, oh, I'll find a guy that you don't know. Sure. Yeah, I'm not up there anymore. So watch this. <laughs> That's definitely what he's doing. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. No, appreciate Thank you, man. Yep. Fellas, how we doing? Good. Good. I got two questions if that works. Yeah, let's yep. do it. I think he had eight behind me. The Colts didn't have that guy, so I'll save some time here. Um, first one, Isaiah Simmons, what's the comp on him? He's he's a tweener. They, they move him around a lot. What's, yeah. what's your comp So mine is Tremaine Edmonds, but I think he's better than Tremaine yeah. Edmonds. Okay. Um, he's a little more physical. You know, Tremaine was 19 when he left Virginia yeah. Tech, so he wasn't. He hadn't really grown into his body completely, but we've talked a lot about this off-air, Melo and I especially, like, there's not a comp for a guy like that because even like Connor said, like, oh, he does some Derwin James stuff. Like, he's 230 pounds. That's the thing. He's and, not, he's he's four. and he's probably going to be 240. You know, like, yeah. he's going to he's gonna fill out. He's going to bulk up. So there's just not a comp for a guy like that. Yeah. So He's taller than Shaq Thompson, so you can't, like, and he's, right. he's obviously better. But when you look at Shaq, like, he's 6'1", 230. It's so right. hard. Miles Jack, is, it's so hard to find a I have him comp to Derek Johnson uh, coming out of Texas because they're both so athletic. They could run all over the place. But Simmons is so much better in coverage. And bigger. That even that, I don't think, is an accurate comp. I, I don't know that we can really, like, when we do draft 400 stuff, they're going to make us put a comp. I don't think we've ever seen a linebacker like him before, though. And that's why so many people even say, like, He's a safety. What are you talking about? He's a linebacker. Like, this guy can play everywhere. He can be drafted at linebacker or safety. It's like if Cam Chancellor. I was just thinking of Cam, but same body he's, type. He's still bigger. Like yeah. that's right. But he, he can also rush the quarterback too from right. like off the edge if you wanted to. He's he's very special. Raiders just need that in the worst way with Kelsey and Henry. You know, cover, we yep. can never cover those tight ends yeah. for the last. And five he would years. be the ideal fit right. for that. Exactly. Uh, second question. What would, or I guess, what's your worst sporting event you've attended? So 
We went to Raiders Niners last year, Thursday night, Santa Clara, which is not San Francisco still, but, um, and it was just a beatdown. And my wife's a Niner fan, and it was just the worst. And we were so pissed off. It was a prime time. I mean, they're yeah. both like 1 in 10, so it doesn't really matter. But right. what's like the worst you guys have gone to? Game 7 when the Giants beat the Royals in the World Sorry Series. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. But even too. that game, it was like, you know what? We just watched the Royals play Game 7 of the World Series at home. Very so it was kind of cool. It was bittersweet. And then you had this just feel of this team can do it again. So I actually really liked that one. Alabama, LSU. Yeah, Alabama, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, you know, I haven't been to many blowout-type games. I was at the Niners-Ravens Super Bowl, and as a Niners fan, that was just so heartbreaking. And that was the first Super Bowl I ever covered. It would have been so cool if, like, my team won the first Super Bowl I covered. Uh, when the lights went out, I was terrified. I wanted someone to find Ray Lewis because I don't want to be around him. Just fade um, to Crabtree, fade to Crabtree. Yeah. You know how it gets at Super Bowl time. Right. And then, yeah, Michael Crabtree just rips my heart out again, but for a different reason this time. Yeah. Man, I've been to some bad ones. Mets World <laughs> Series. Yeah, I mean, Mets <laughs> World Series against the Royals when they just blew every game. Let's talk uh, more about that. I was that like game. 10 feet away when Porzingis' knee exploded at Madison Square Garden, oh, wow. and I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah, I always find some of the worst ones. The only like live games I go to that a team I like that does well is the Rangers, and they lose to Ottawa like every week. So yeah. it's hard. It's We're hard. We're actually man. good luck for the home team. We have yes. Been. I don't know. And LSU. We're three zero yeah. LSU games. Yep. Texas is the only home team that's lost on the tailgate. Well, tour Alabama, this year. but that was oh Alabama. Yeah, because LSU has jinxed both of them. Like, yes, it's like LSU is like the clear. Yeah. Like they overrule the jinx. All right. That is our Thanks, show. Guys. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to everybody for coming out. Thanks to Tailgate guys for this sweet, sweet setup. Um, it, not to like keep plugging them, but they really do take great care of us. That's so, awesome. Um, we will be back. Connor and I will be back Wednesday. And then next week you get a best of show on Friday. Four awesome interviews from the last year. Um, so if you're, if you're going to be headed out for the holidays, you got something to listen to and you're driving back from wherever you end up for Thanksgiving. For Mello and Connor and Paige, who was a great guest today. This is Matt. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Mm-hmm.